Hey everybody, we're here at New Radio Media, Real Estate Realities, back with another great show. I'm here with my broadcast partner, the genius as he's known, David Sobel. Right, thanks for having me. Got a little allergies today, but happy to be here. Thanks, Dylan. Great. Yeah, we've uh, we've got a guest in studio, uh, Ms. Erica Weichel. She is president uh, of Michigan Investment Title. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the trials and tribulations of title. Yeah. Um, hi, but- hi, Erica. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure, welcome. But we're not gonna we're not gonna jump on that right away. We're gonna talk no. about some fun stuff. Oh yeah, real fun. Uh, what is it? The ten year anniversary of uh, the collapse of the American economy. Yeah, Great Recession. The Great Recession uh, was ten years ago. Today, actually, I think Lehman's was today. That's really the amazing. Collapse. Yeah, changed a lot of lives. Put a lot of uh, new regulations, rules, laws uh, into play in lending and in real estate and in title. And uh, definitely impacted the way we do business today in so oh, many sure. levels, right? Banking, everything. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of investors that that I knew, especially the the old timers, they love to sell on land contract oh, and seller yeah. financing and right. um, to homeowners. And a lot of that's changed. You have to be really careful. Huge. That that's one big thing. Oh, look who look who's joining us! Hey, Emil, All right. the real deal, Emil. <laughs> yeah, let's restart that. So now okay. the real deal, Emil Israeloff from Lake Michigan Credit Union has stepped into the booth. Good morning, slide, everyone. Slide, slide in. Nice to see you, Emil. Good to see you. Good to see you all. You remember the uh, Great Recession, the meltdown, ten years ago today? Yeah, yeah. It was, that was uh, it was interesting. People were coming to me to figure out how to get out of their mortgages. Yeah, right. <laughs> when all they wanted is a mortgage to buy a house. Right, Became an unmortgaged crazy, right? guy. Yeah. Right. No, it was, you know, it was an interesting time. Um, you know, you remember all the fraud that was happening. Sure. You know. People that were claiming that they could get people out of their debt, right. get them short oh, yeah. sales and modifications, yeah. taking a bunch of money up front. Yeah. You know, we we looked at it and we underwrote. When people came to us, our clients, we would, you know, go back and process and underwrite that loan as if we were trying to get them approved, and see if we can, you know, if there was actually a, a case to right. go back to the lender and say, hey, these people need a modification, but. We wouldn't charge people for it. There was, you know, I, I recall I was at the banks uh, for quite a while during that time, on, you know, being like the enforcer for the banks um, on the commercial side. But um, what I did see a lot of was these uh, these audit companies out of Florida, and they would charge homeowners, consumers, a lot of money for a report on how their mortgage was affected by, you know, whatever Dodd Frank or how it was affected by. Uh, robo signing, etc. Sure. And it was just like a template. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they ever got shut down, but it was like the biggest scam out it's there. It's like the family crest. Yeah. Send twenty dollars to get your family crest. That's right. I'm still waiting for mine. <laughs> a good one in the title business. You've got to know, you know. And the title companies do a really good job of warning people at closings, going, you know, if you get a letter in the mail uh-huh. that says send us eighty three dollars for a copy of your deed. Right. Oh yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah. Eighty at closings. I mean, uh, the title wait. They're charging eighty three. I got to raise my prices. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's a, I think you just go to the county and get it for three. Right, bucks, sure. You right, know, but they're just they're scaring people, saying, you "Sure, know, do you know if you really own your house? Get a copy it's, of your deed." I'm sure it's not illegal. No, it's not illegal. No, it's, it's a, just, information services. Sure, but you it's know. no different than like my mother every every week gets a new you know warranty solicitation in her car oh yeah and she's like your warranty's up and i'm like ma you've had the same warranty for you know it's lifeline lifetime warranty she's like maybe we need this one <laughs> that's a whole different story about like elder abuse financial abuse big you time know? no we can talk about that another time but um 
Anyway, so yeah, that's that's kind of what's been on my mind for the past week is just you know reflecting back the past ten years and seeing how far we've come and uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, all that stuff, right? It's kind of crazy, but it has impacted how we do business. Absolutely. Right? Well, you know, a lot of these mortgage laws were in effect prior. It's they weren't being enforced. Sure. Like a good faith estimate was oh, supposed sure. to be an updated good faith estimate was right. supposed to be sent People out three days, right. and there was not technology to track it. Sure, right. not like not trid. Really, you know, now trid. You know, we have e signs. We have manifests of when the people open them, when they actually right. sign no, them. No, it's great. Right. You know, so it does. It kind of puts. You know, just like we were talking about right. the other day with uh, our guest Patrick O'Leary. Right. You know, sometimes it's better to have you know a lawyer on the other side, so you're dealing with something sure. sensible, sure. right? Sure. And this manifests. Oh, thanks. Right. Yeah. No. Well, but, even with those new regulations, we were all freaked out about tread. Right. Nothing's oh, ever yeah, going to close. Sure. The first two loans or first two sales that I closed um, were under 30 days. Yep. So it didn't change anything because we're going to figure out how to how to maneuver it, how to navigate the the new regulations and. Smooth it out. It, you know, it actually yeah. forced people to get their stuff together. Right, right. It, it forced people to forced get the their title stuff companies to, to get their uh, docs done quicker. It also, hey. it also forced these people have like two hours with a file right. we've had right. a month right. with. <laughs> <laughs> it also forced a lot of unprofessional and you know people out of the business. Absolutely, thank God. you know certain people who. Yep. Well, we just talk about licensed mortgage office, right. loan officers, right? I tell you, we always talk about funny, you know, things in the beginning. I, on the way over here, I was listening to the radio, and uh, Barney Frank was commenting. They Barney Frank. They interviewed Barney Frank of all people uh, regarding, the, you know, the financial meltdown, and also Dodd Frank. He's one of the authors of Dodd Frank, but. Um, you know, there's certain allegations with regards to him taking loans, mm-hmm. uh, preferential loans from Countrywide. Mm. You know, they FOA, forgot to, right, FOA, friend of Angelo. French, right. So, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of funny. There's so many complicit people into that, uh, the the meltdown. But um, we'll talk about positive things today, though, right? Absolutely. All right. So what's, what's new in uh, everybody's world? Dylan, what's going on in... Uh, real estate world. Not much going on in real estate. I was kind of excited. I would watch the, the little Apple one-hour commercial with the new phones. And, you know, oh. I'm an Apple geek. I know Emil's got a lot of Mac stuff, too. So uh, that was kind of exciting for yeah. me. That, that was my excitement for the week. <laughs> sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> well, mortgage rates are somewhat unchanged. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we're rates for the last month back and forth and eighth, mm. you know. So 30-year conventional fixed, you know, probably about four and a half. To four and five eights. So all of a sudden, people stable. are submitting new applications. You know, something construction applications yeah. are through the roof right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. because everybody building wants to be able to move by sure. you know, during the summer. Right. And um, purchase business up. It just you know, there's a lack of inventory. There's still. a lack of inventory still. You know, people want to sell and buy, but they're they can't. You know, nobody wants to be homeless and nobody wants to pay two mortgages. Right. So it's really tough to, you know. It's a delicate balance. You know, we've got the baby boomers. I think we talked about this before. We've Mm. got the baby boomers and millennials competing for the same product. Sure. Right? They're downsizing. Millennials are buying their first home. You know, they're com- they're battling for why, the same 1,500 square foot ranch. Why can't they just get along? I see these articles together. In, right in <laughs> Finland, right. they're putting you know young and old people together, and they're living together, cohabitating. You know something? The young people take care of the old people. These young people could learn something from the yeah. old people. Oh, right? for sure. Right. They won't bother the old people anyways because their face will be on their phone the whole time. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the old people can't hear them if they if they bother them. <laughs> so. Yeah, and somebody will always be home to fix the Wi-Fi. Right. Well, that's the most important. <laughs> Super that's important. the most important part. That should uh, they should have a contract just for that. 
Um, well, anyway, so, you know, I just want to, Erica, invite you into the conversation. I know we were just kind of bantering back and forth here, but uh, yeah, well, what, what's your impression about the, the past 10 years and how it's affected your business? But, well, everything's changed. Right. You know, everything has, um, it used to be a lot of new construction and new builds, and then we went through with all the bank-owned properties and all mm. the short sales, and a lot of that's gone away. So right. people have found a new way, especially the investors have found a new way to, to look for houses. Um, and a lot of them come to me. Right. So. Well, your your specialty, your niche in the title industry is dealing with real estate investors. It is. That's why we asked you to come on the show today, right? Yes. Okay, because we deal with a lot of real estate investment uh, issues. Yeah, I invested in real estate myself. Uh huh. So um, learned I was not cut out to be a landlord, and I <laughs> and the fix and flip is not as glorious as and glamorous as it looks like on TV. So yeah. Um, how how did you come to that conclusion? <laughs> Tell us your story. Uh, bought a couple houses in Warren. Oh, yeah. okay. And the first one, uh, the fix and flip, of course, you can't see x-ray through walls. So I ran into extra problems. So I certainly have sympathy. Uh -huh. And then, um, but that one we were able to fix and flips, convert into a three-bedroom, and it went really well. What was in the walls? I don't know. I don't remember, but yeah. it was ugly. I can uh, tell you that much. Right. It's not a glamorous business. Is <laughs> what it? you don't see is what you get. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> And then the other one um, we made into a rental property, uh -huh. and um, but everything kind of went downhill. So right. uh, you know we were lucky to to break even, but I'm not a landlord. No. You know those sad stories. I, I was a sucker, so I can't do that. Did anymore. your tenants th uh, pay you in pennies like Dylan's tenants? Oh yeah, delayed pennies. So. Delayed, delayed wow. pennies. <laughs> I was doing good. Better coin that. Term. You were pretty intentional. <laughs> So right, so you that experience that actually helps you understand the real estate business oh, it, a little bit, it, right? It does, it does. Mm -hmm. But now you're in the title business. Well, you've it, been it, in it for a long time. Twenty-five years. Wow. Yep. Very good. So and it, and you look great. Thanks. For twenty-five years in the title thank business. You. I should have yeah. went into title. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you I should. I, I have a lot too. of respect for right. our title. You know, our title partners. Mm -hmm. You know, we work with several title companies. Right. And, um, it's you know they. You know, yes, they get the title order up front, but at the end of the day, you know, the lender gets them a package two days before closing, mm -hmm. and, you know, they've got hundreds of them going. Oh, yeah. You know, they spent two hours with that file, and it comes out polished, so right. we're very grateful for your partnerships. Oh, and we love you, too. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. No, what, I, what is title work? I mean, for people who are just tuning in for the first time, I know what title work is, but what is title insurance for, like, newer viewers and newer investors? Let them know, kind of give an idea what it is. Oh, Sure. Uh, we go and we, we search the public records and the county records, and we're looking for ownership. We're looking for any break in the chain of title. We want to make sure everything is clean and clear. If there's mm -hmm. any liens, old taxes, we call them municipalities. We're looking for anything that's outstanding or could cause them um, a problem with the ownership of their property. Anything that interferes with uh, a buyer or you know, uh, somebody who's refinancing their property, a homeowner's title. Uh, correct. Right. Claim on title. And there's a lot of them. Yeah, oh, sure. Keeps everybody busy. It does. Right. But we can help them clear it. Uh -huh. um, and there's a lot of past things that will come up. There's old mortgages that were paid off but never discharged. That's a problem. So the there's time. a lot of and titles. And the bank's out of business. Right, Correct. right. Yeah. Correct. Sure. And you're trying to track down that golden Rolodex to mm -hmm. see who bought who and, and trying to get that released for the client. Right. The golden Rolodex. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, so you're like a super sleuth when it comes to real estate. We try to uh -huh. be. Yeah. What's your, um, and how do you know Dylan? Because I think Dylan uh, was your invitor today. Yeah, 
Yeah. You want to tell the... Sure. So um, I think we met uh, at the Rhea of Macomb probably close to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, Erica was doing title stuff, you know, and uh, doing a little bit of investing also. So we've known each other a long time. And um, like she said, she focuses primarily on real estate investors. So a lot of the guys and gals that I know or who I do business with, you know, they utilize her company uh-huh. and are very happy with it. So why are why is the focus on investors like do real estate investors have a different need than, let's say, some of Emil's clients who are usually, you know, not so much investors? I know you deal with you right, know, but a lot for of real primary estate. occupants, Just primary, secondary homes. Right. But what is the specific need of a real estate investor as opposed to, let's say, just a, a person who owns just their one home? Well, there's probably a few things okay. with that. Um, a lot of them, um, especially the ones that are experienced, are looking for a quick turn time, which we can certainly provide for them. Um, and depending on the situation, if there are you know tax sales or something else going on, you know we have the resources to to help them figure out how to get the deal done. So it's like a, a tax creative. sale. Yeah. Tell me about tax sales. Tell me about the problems with tax sales. Well, we can insure. When the, when the county sales, sells it on oh. a tax sale, it's on a quick claim deed. And so we have to go back and look to see that if they've done their due diligence, mm-hmm. if everybody was notified properly. Right. Um, so we have referral sources, and we help them get that done. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's just better to get a quiet title action right. at that point if everything doesn't look uh, crisp and pristine. Right. So the process, just for our listening and viewing audience, is the, and I know that both of you guys are just as familiar with this as I oh, am, yeah. uh, the process of uh, tax foreclosure is very, can be loosey-goosey, unfortunately, in the county. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important parts of uh, a government uh, entity taking uh, a homeowner or an owner of a property's property is the concept of notice. So if the homeowner or the property owner hasn't been notified properly, um, they can bring an action against the county and they can actually interfere with the transaction because or they can challenge the transaction saying, hey, I wasn't properly notified and therefore I actually have been denied my due, rights of due process. So a lot of real estate investors, when they buy a property at tax sale, they think they can go and just convey that property over to somebody else. They can flip it. They can do whatever they want. But they can never get title insurance from a company like, you know. Correct. The title insurance company. Correct. And that's because too many issues related to the process. Correct. And, Mm. you know, if someone else has a lien or interest on that property, Mm. you know, we want to make sure that we can warrant and stand behind them for the entire time that they own that property. So Mm. in order to do that, Mm. So nice, a quiet title action is needed on those taxes. Right, and so, and what comes out of? I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm like uh, giving you a test, and that's not. (laughs) But I'm trying to like elicit some information, right? No, no, I know you know your stuff, but uh, just for again, people who are viewing the first time or listening the first time, what is it that they're looking for? They're looking for a court order, right? Correct. A judgment that says from the judge, "Hey, this this title now has been clean, clear, etc." What's going on, Emil? No, I just, I'm thinking back to my, um, you know, Kinda. immersion in the uh, subprime <laughs> heydays when right. I first got in the mortgage business. And, you know, we were refinancing properties that were land contracted from oh, the city gosh. of Detroit uh-huh. to the current occupant that was originally was a squatter. Right. And the city would, you know. Deed them houses. Sign, they right. would sign it over and said, hey, you know, and we would go through quiet title suits and, mm-hmm. you know. 
And it takes time and money. And oh, months. absolutely. The, 95% of our, our listening audience is going to buy it with a warranty deed. And all, all of us sitting at this table would tell most people, always buy on a warranty deed. Sure. So there's different ways when someone purchases real estate, a different type of deed that you can get. So when there's a quit claim, someone can just sign their interest over to someone else. And we don't know if that's if that's uh, legal or lawful or not. And that's where the title company kind of steps in and says, hey, we did all this work. Mm-hmm. The underwriter is going to insure this um, transaction, and we're guaranteeing that David's allowed to own this house now and go and fix it. Right. And it's you know it's definitely problematic because you have a lot of uh, people out state who are buying properties at tax sale who don't realize it, right? A and lot. And they're very frustrated. They, they do. <laughs> they, they get frustrated. They own all these properties and they want to sell. Right. So people like, you know, we work a lot together in our industries, attorneys who deal with quiet title actions and title insurance companies do a lot of business together, don't they? Absolutely. Right. Trying to clear the title. And it frustrates the hell out of loan officers. And, oh, it, c- yeah, it kills the know. deal half right. the time because yeah, sure. the, the people buying the first, the, the original house now, they can't close, they can't move in and right. it's this domino effect. Yeah. It's, it's not fun, right? Right. And it no. takes around 90 yeah. days to get something done. It's yeah. not as common these days, but it, you know. Oh, it's. Pretty common. Well, in the you, investor you don't deal world, in the investor like, world. Yeah, in your, in your world, I have some you clients that are much. investors, but right. you know, it's not the you know fix and flips, and you know the guy that's buying ten properties at a time at auction. Right. Most of those people have cash resources; they're right. not financing them, and you know. You want to take us out, Emil? Absolutely. Right. You've been listening to Real Estate Realities with Dylan Tanaka, Emil Israelov, David Sobel, and our guest Erica. Erica Weichel. That's it. All right, a Michigan investment title. We'll be right back. Thanks. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to and Entertainment Channel. On new radio media dot com. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Wald Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Hi, I'm Art, and we're the crew at Tuffy Wald Lake. We've been in Wald Lake for 20 years, and through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we've become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you, and we take pride in our impeccable, affordable service. And we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can. Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Wald Lake. Do you want to see things like this? Did you just say you died? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, technically. Or maybe even something like this. We'll do nothing but destroy your corpses and burn them all for my dogs. Your dogs are gone. And sometimes, a little of this. We need to have a talk. <laughs> I take my axe and I smash it. No! <laughs> and check out Podquesters. 
The show where we tackle ghoulish goblins, fiendish foes, and dangerous tricks. Oh, like the singer? No, the dragon creature. Oh. Anyways, Podquesters, Fridays, only on NewRadioMedia.com. Hey folks, we're back. New Radio Media, Real Estate Realities. And um, Erica, we want to dig in. Uh, we've got a lot of investors listening today. So we want to dig in on um, probably the f- biggest and first and, and silliest question I seem to get uh, at, at the RIA and, and every other investor I talk estate? about. But yeah. Oh, you're real estate? Yes, I am real estate. You can you can rent my forehead. Um, but no, uh, all these investors want to talk about double closings. So why don't you explain the the legal way or the way that your underwriters will approve a double closing so we're allowed to do the a to b and then the b to c and we can do those back to back but the a to b has to fund independently of the b to c transaction you can't use the end buyer's funds right so let me break in and, and explain here's what happens so somebody goes to a seminar and they're going to flip houses with zero money down, get cash back at close, all that great stuff. And um, they think that they can use the the buyer's funds to actually close with the seller. And that's what these gurus, uh, yeah, talk about the right. stinky gurus, um, <laughs> that's what they teach all around the country because it sounds great. Right. It just won't right. work. Right. So so what a lot of new people think is they can take the buyer's money and, and buy from their original seller and then just get paid in the middle. So you can re-explain that, I guess, again. Yeah, so... You can't do that. So, <laughs> so, so not if it's going to be uh, not if it's going to be underwritten, anyways, right? Correct. So, you know, for us to insure it, each person has to purchase the property independently of each other. Right. Perfect. That's excellent. That's how it works. Right. And so, so that being said, um, if if I'm the the guy buying the house from Emil, and I'm and then I'm going to resell it to David, even the same day, I can still have a have a private lender. I can bring money in. To close that deal, I, I don't have to have a mortgage or cash or anything like that. Like, I could have a lender send the money to the title company, buy it from Emil, and then David could have his money and then buy it for me even the same day. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yeah, absolutely. You can do it. Usually private mortgages or transactional funding will, will take okay. care of that for you. And it, and it works just fine. And, and you guys handle those all the time. That's all not time. odd to you or not, it, do, not, it doesn't sound illegal or funny? No. Good. No. You know, way back when, you know, you used to be able to use the, the end buyer's funds. Sure. And that, that used to work. And then they put a stop to that. So this is the solution. Each mm-hmm. one has to fund independently. Right. A lot of headaches the other way, right? There was. Yeah. There was. And fortunately, I didn't have to deal with that end of it too much. Uh-huh. But um, but. Now I would. So right. th- this way it works out. It's clean. We can give the deeds. We put them on record. We put them on record in the right order, and that way there's no break in the chain so of title. So then you guys handle everything. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. When we title insurance is for people to know that their transaction was handled properly, and we record everything that they actually own the property at the end of the day. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. That's a big question we get at, at every real estate right. investment seminar or meeting. I mean, 
besides having money for your transaction, which is obviously very important unless somebody's gifting you and then you don't even need title insurance, right? I mean, well, you, you, still, you, you still could get title insurance, but here's the thing. You need a lender, a good lender, and you need a good attorney, and you need a great title insurance company. That's, and a good investment coach. Yeah. <laughs> so, Erica, tell us a story. I know you and I um, will we'll save the innocent, but we were talking uh, a couple days ago in your office, and you said that an investor bought a property, and then a few days later called and asked if you guys uh, required hazard insurance for closings, similar to what a bank would always want, of course. Mm -hmm. But this was cash and cash investors, right? It was a cash. It was a cash investor. And... Um, you know, title companies do not require no. that right. homeowners insurance. It's on, or, or it's on the owner insurance. or the lender. It lien, is. It's always the lien holder that requires it because if the house burns down, that vacant lot in well, funny is worth. <coughs> funny you should bucks. say that, Emil. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. You're kidding. No, he bought the property for cash. From a wholesaler. From a wholesaler. Three days later, we got the call that the house had burned down to the ground. That happened to me my first year in the business. Really? I had a couple, a couple in Ypsilanti. They did not have homeowners insurance, mm -hmm. and as they're sitting at the table, we had helped them. We had referred them to an insurance agent, and as they're sitting on at the table signing away on a refinance, their house was burning down. <laughs> and but they had title. I mean, they had they the had insurance, insurance you know, effective that day. Okay, thank but, God. But uh, yeah, that you know became a you know. Obviously, he came back on us and said, right. hey, you know, I said, hey, we just referred him to somebody, and they wrote the policy, and, you know, the insurance company was trying to get out of paying it. But, well, right. Like if they but didn't these get people check, did, These people lived check. in their house for the last 10 years without homeowner's insurance. I mean, that is a glaring example of why you have insurance on your home all the time, but that's crazy. Like, right there at the closing, that happened? Yep. Now, if that were a sales transaction, not a refinance... It would be taken care of in the purchase agreement. Of course, it's right in the purchase agreement. Yeah. You know. So, Who's David, as risk? an attorney, if mm -hmm. if this investor came to you whose home burnt down three mm -hmm. days after they bought it, what would you counsel them to do? <laughs> as, <laughs> I would I would first put them on hold and kind of laugh if they did not have uh, homeowners insurance, right? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, as a lender, I've been in the lending business for years. I mean, you know that. I oh, mean, yeah. we, we first can. thing I'm always looking for is homeowners insurance. You know, and with the proper loss payee mm -hmm. named on the policy. Uh, what people confuse quite a bit, I'm sure, uh, Erica, is they think title insurance is the same thing as homeowner's insurance, right? That's probably why he called oh. you well, or that, they called you. You know, we also get people that think that a lender's policy for title oh, insurance that. will pay if they can't pay, if they right. can no longer pay their mortgage. Right. Oh, the lender's policy will right. take care of that. So there's you, a lot of misconceptions. Do they have those? <laughs> no, but, you know, it is it's actually really a good topic, what you're bringing up. You know, a lot of times, um, especially in a purchase, you'll have... Of course, the lender's policy when, when the lending institution is making the loan, right? It's just part of the business. Right. And, and a new homeowner has the right to, normally in a purchase transaction, the purchase agreement will say the seller is going to provide an owner's policy to the new owner, to Correct. the purchaser. But that doesn't happen all the time. And sometimes uh, the amount of insurance that's covered, you could even limit it. I could say, well, geez... As the seller, I'm going to give you an owner's policy, but only for $50,000. Oh, really? Yeah, you could do whatever you want, right? As the seller, I can say, I'm not going to give you anything. Sure. That's up to you to buy. But sometimes when there is a title issue, uh, and let's say the property goes up in value because uh, a lot of people have purchased homes uh, in the past 10 years and, and the values were lower, obviously. Now there's a title issue. And, th and this just happened around a year ago with one of my clients. And we, we filed a claim, et cetera, with... Uh, one of the large underwriters, I was mm -hmm. about to say. And, uh, well, the coverage, when they bought the home back in, you know, 
2010. It was covered. The, well, the home, you know, the home price there was let's say 150. Now that home is worth how much? Do you think, Emil? Sure, two and a quarter, right? two fifty. Here's a t around two seventy-five. So the claim uh, that we filed, we, they're only covered for. You know, the, the 150. 150. Wow. And, you know, everybody was all upset. But here's the thing. And, and I have some very old mentors who've told me these stories as well. I just couldn't believe I was living it now with one of my clients. And the response was from the title insurance underwriter was, look, at the time of the closing, if you wanted to buy more, you could have you could. purchased more. Sure. That's amazing. I yeah, it does happen. That. I know that you can upgrade to like an Eagle policy right. with one of the, you know. Correct. We were talking about Eagle you policies can, the other yeah, day. Right? You know, enhanced policies. Mm -hmm. Right. But I never knew you could uh, increase yeah, the coverage. Sure. You could. I mean, it doesn't I'm happen often because, value, because the underwriter might say, well, we can only give you what we feel the home was appraised for. That's what you purchase it for. I mean, look, at, I'm not, I'm not going to be disrespectful to insurance companies, but the reason why they have the largest buildings in every city right. is they, <laughs> they, they, get the, they get the premium, and they're very difficult to you know, get the claim, right? They don't right. pay on claims as easily. But when it comes to coverage... If you're buying a home, if you're listening out there for the first time, you're buying a property, yeah, and you're you're you know getting a loan through a credit union like Emil's. Uh, the thing is, is that if you don't get a policy, an owner's policy, you're silly because that lender's policy does not cover you. No, nope. it's just lenders. Oh, you're out of your title mind. Insurance, yeah, right? absolutely. But there are people who do. I mean, there's it, so much. I th I think it's out of ignorance more than anything. If it's yeah, an it investor is. and they say I'm not doing that, then you go. Okay, I'll talk to you later because I'm you're going to pay me now the, or pay me later. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm always at the end. Like, I'm always picking up the pieces from the transactions. Not, not, right. I mean, you guys are normally, well, the three of you are at the most positive part of a sure. transaction. David they shows up and the Jenga, the Jenga falls over right. and he goes, oh, sounds like the Jenga <laughs> fell over. Right. They love a meal, uh, you know, when, you know, Lake Michigan Credit Union gives the money, yep. right? They love Dylan, when you know he cuts a great deal and they flip the house and they got a nice brand new home, they love you because when you close, they get you're, you're, a check. and usually a check, right? The most important to get a check. It, they can't stand coming to attorneys after everything's uh -huh. been done, but the one thing they didn't do is the one thing that's creating the most sure. source or the most pain. Right. They didn't cover it properly, or maybe uh, one of the third party vendors didn't cut, you know, do the work properly. And so we're always cleaning up after people, so you don't hear those stories, you right? Know, that often. A real estate investor should yeah. operate just like a CEO. The CEO is not always the brightest guy in the room. There's a reason he hires right. a CFO. There's right. a reason there's a corporate counsel. Sure. There's a reason that there's a, you know, a vice president of sales. Everybody has their you're specialty. You're 100% right, right. And if you're a real estate investor and you want to be successful, mm -hmm. you've got to put on the CEO hat and delegate the proper responsibilities to the proper parties, mm -hmm. like an attorney, you know, your real estate mm -hmm. um, agent, title companies, you know, you can't be a jack of all trades. You're never going to be a master of any. You yeah, know? but I just like your story about that client coming and refinancing and then the home burning down the same day that they're oh, signing yeah. the papers. That's incredible. Yep. And you we know, it does out, happen though. And, you know, the insurance agent did a lot of work with our office and uh -huh. he, you know, and our old friend Mark Biglow oh, yeah? <laughs> calls really? me into his office and he's like, hey, uh, we've got a little problem with one of your clients. And he told him, like... Um, <laughs> but they covered it, did they oh, not? Oh, yeah, they covered sure. it because it, uh, it was effective that day. The, so they paid a binder. They, they paid, paid for a binder. binder yeah. Right. But the, the challenge with that was the refinance and the three-day writer decision. 
and the funds the funds weren't dispersed for that mm-hmm. policy till three day three business days later. Right. However, the insurance company can bind without payment right. for up to thirty days. I guess. Right. That's so a, that's the makings of a good lawsuit too. Yeah, that's a you know. So when we come back, uh, this is New Radio Media, Dave Sobel, Real Estate Realities. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with Erica regarding the trials and tribulations of title business. Thank you. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. If radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses, I've got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on-demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999. A study from Johns Hopkins researchers indicates a high-fat diet may lead to the development of new nerve cells in your brain that influence how much you eat. But it's also been known for decades that the brain continues to form new nerve cells well into adulthood. So for now, it appears the process occurs not only in the parts of your brain associated with memory and a sense of smell, but also in the ones that control your various body functions, including hunger and thirst. One researcher believes that your brain functions this way as part of your body's survival mechanism. When food is abundant, it generates cells that will make you eat more and make you store excess calories as fat for use when food is not readily available. But the problem with humans, particularly those in developed countries, is that food is almost always readily available. So the more you eat, the more fat you store, and the greater becomes your appetite. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. This is Emil's Rail and Real Estate Realities with my co-hosts David Sobel and Dylan Tanaka and our guest today, Erica Weichel of Michigan Investment Title. And uh, we're going to talk about land contracts next. Sounds well, great. But Erica, during the break, she was sharing a story that, that that just is the epitome of why you have title insurance. Tell us. We had an investor that purchased a property in Detroit. And after his closing, he went back to his house and it was demoed. <laughs> So <laughs> That's not funny, actually. But how is title insurance covering that? Like, what? Tell me why that. Would well, work. that title company mm-hmm. um, should have been able to find that Liz Pendens or the, the demolition order um, on record with right. the city. As long exactly. as the city was doing the, the, the city demo. Detroit put it in. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. That. Right. <laughs> and you don't know when it was issued. I, I don't remember no. all the specifics on that story, but that was uh, a horror story that a client came to me with. Right, but that would make sense because the title insurance company only insures those things that would be of record. Of record. Right. That's why it's so important when you are a homeowner or a property investor that you must record your interest uh, with the county. That's one of the incentives of having, uh, you know, getting the title insurance is 
making sure it's recorded. Sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's that's how we issue that's our policies. That's the whole business. That's the whole business. <laughs> Nothing further on that. Thanks for sharing that, Eric. That oh, was yeah. good. Oh, yeah. So back to land contracts. Uh -huh. So if I'm the vendor on a land contract, mm -hmm. it's my money that I'm lending. It's my house that I'm selling. And would I, you know, issue a owner's policy and can I request that the buyer pay for a lender's policy? You know, that that's a question that we don't get very often because most people are looking to, to save the, the money. But there is a, a type of policy, it's not a lender's policy. Um, I'm trying to remember, I don't remember that the one that goes with that, but there there is one. Um, it's a little less expensive, and um, but it's not requested very often. It's mostly just the owner's policy that people just are worried about. Policy. But it, because we don't record the deed, and it's a memorandum of land contract, right. it is not um, a mortgage that's being recorded for right. them. Right, and the transfer doesn't actually take place until the until land contract's fulfilled, mm -hmm. and then the deed is released from escrow and recorded. Yeah, I think I had one person ask me about it, but because it really wasn't necessary. You know, right. I, like I said, there's no mortgage recorded, and you're the owner of the property anyway. Right. It's your so money. It's interesting. Like, every time I sit down with a client application and go over the fees, they're mm -hmm. like, wait, why am I paying for two title policies? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And we always try to explain them that, hey, the owner's policy is what the seller pays for to ensure that, you know, they're conveying clear title. And then the lender's policy is what the buyer pays for buyer to ensure for the lender. Correct, and so that they know that they have first lien position. Yeah. So all those prior mortgages, everything's been paid off, um, any liens, anything, um, is all, all free and clear. And if something were to happen and the payments weren't made anymore, you have first lien position to collect your money back. Well, I have a question. Land contracts, is there a statute as far as interest rate limitations? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I deal with land contracts every week, at least two to three deals a week. Um, yeah, it's 11%. 11%. Yeah. State, is State of Michigan or State of Michigan. Law? No, okay. it's not. But it is regulated. Land contracts are regulated by Dodd-Frank. Um, in fact, I was just speaking with a very good friend of mine, uh, uh, Dr. He's not doctor, but Dr. Daniels is Alan Daniels, uh, who does a lot of land contracts. And uh, we were just talking about a very interesting issue last week. Can you week. break down Dodd-Frank for us in five minutes, please, David? <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah, I kind of just send you the link. <laughs> that, that would be the best. Dad Frank is like, I think, uh, 15,000 pages. No, I think it's uh, 2,500 pages of uh, nine font, single space, double side, uh, Nonsense. You know, two pages. Well, it's very complicated, and you never want to be... Um, you never want to be challenged on a Dodd-Frank. You never want to be brought to court under Dodd-Frank. Uh, you don't ever want to test the statute, as I say. But in general, land contracts... Um, you know, it's 11 percent. It's the greatest amount when it comes to. I was listening to the conversation, of course. Um, you know, uh, who pays for what? It's a, it's a contract. So again, you want it reviewed by somebody. You want to understand what it's about. It's a negotiable item. You can easily say that the buyer is going to be. I just closed one this past Friday uh, for a client after six months of um, fighting a seller uh, on a really nice piece of property. We finally closed it after being in court uh, for six months, and the provisions of the land contract prevail. So. If you, you know, say that the buyer is going to do A, B, C, and D, it's in the contract. If it's valid, it's valid. Yeah. And so you could be the buyer paying for all closing costs, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and, and, and taxes. And land contracts, it depends on whose attorney, if the seller's attorney wrote it, right. it could be in the benefit of the, you know, 
right. seller, and if the buyer comes the answer away, always is negotiable, yeah. though, right? Get an attorney, no matter what side of the yeah. table you're on. Right. I mean, I've I love land contracts. I do a lot of land contract uh, litigation, and uh, I love doing the transactions and writing up the contracts. Uh, they give a lot of people who can't get a mortgage initially, or for whatever circumstance they're having a difficult time. Land contracts are a wonderful way for <laughs> sellers to find this a, a, a deal. So what? What if, and I'm asking this for the benefit of the group, but what sure. if the property that I'm selling mm-hmm. has an underlying mortgage? How does the title company, do you guys just say, hey, stop, the mortgage that's recorded you know, states that there's a due on sale clause? Or it really You're saying if, if someone's mortgage. trying to resell a house that, currently that has, a, has mortgage. a mortgage on land contract to a different buyer. Correct. Okay. And they don't want to pay it off, I'm assuming. Correct. Or they can't. Don't want to, they yeah. can't pay off the mortgage, so they decided, hey, I'm going to sell this on a land contract. And, and wrap it. And, I'm, you know, and then as they're making the payments to me, I'm going to use that money to make the payments to the bank. But then... There is a due-on-sale clause with a lot of the institutional Correct, including ours, yes. So depending on what kind of mortgage that they have would kind of go from there. That would probably be more of a question for you. It's a loan covenant. But I'm saying the title company will review that and say there's a mortgage here. Correct, and And the mortgage is recorded so we can look at it to see if that's on there. So can you guys offer title insurance in that situation if someone's trying to sell their house on land contract and there's an underlying mortgage? I certainly wouldn't be comfortable with okay. with going that that route. Your underwriter wouldn't be happy with that. There may be a way to do it with some exceptions with the, on yeah. there, but again, if there's a due on sale clause, you know, I it's mean, it's a very that advanced a technique. Risk, that there is a big risk in it. So, I mean, we've had underwriters review things. They're like I said, depending on the type of mortgage, like you said, the due on sale clause. I mean, that that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. So you can. Um, with an exception on there, and if it maybe like a more of a private mortgage, um, if somebody knows that that's going to be happening and there's notice being made, it, it's a possibility. So you have to get but, prior, you have to yeah. get prior approval from the underlying lien holder. Correct. I mean, well, we would anyway. Correct. I mean, I there are ways to go about it, but um, not through my title company. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough clean business out there. There, there, there is. There, there, there is. Really is. It's clean business regardless, so long right. as both parties are aware of it. And also, in the land contract, there will be a provision usually. I mean, a, a, a quality transaction, just like the stuff that you do every day, is based on uh, transparency. Absolutely. Okay? So if you have a buyer and seller on a land contract and there's an underlying lien, uh, such as a mortgage on it, um, or a line of credit, which is always problematic, if it's disclosed and the buyer signs off, there's usually a provision that will say uh, that the seller cannot uh, take out more uh, money or debt on the line of credit, but they are disclosing that there's this underlying lien, okay? That's number one. And the seller is making covenants that they are going to make sure that that first mortgage or that more underlying mortgage is being paid promptly, uh, that they're they're in full compliance with all the, the underlying mortgage provisions. If they're not, they're in default of that land contract. So, uh, you know, I've seen it where real estate investors, and if you're dealing with a lot of them, I've had people buy property knowing that there's several uh, liens on a piece of property, and, and the home's underwater, and investors will come in and buy a property underwater just to get the rent out of mm-hmm. a property. It's crazy. This, again, is like that Wild West of what's going on in Detroit. I mean, it's probably more complicated and probably more involved than what we want to get into here. But in general, like everything else, if you have uh, 
uh, transparency and you have professionals review the paperwork, you, you should be fine. I, I also will tell you the due on sale is a big issue. However, you said it earlier, uh, if you're not filing the deed and you're filing a memorandum of land contract, a lot of lenders don't even look at that as a transfer. Okay, oh, number really? one. Yeah, they don't. It's just it, it's a memorandum that there's a sale that will be taking place. The title hasn't technically transferred. This is where the genius comes this is, in. But uh, this is an art. This uh, there have been cases that say no, that's a due on sale. But some lending institutions have. They don't want to call the note due. They're just fine. Just make sure your payment. As long as the payment's coming in. However, they will use it if you're delinquent in your payment. That's one of the first things they're going to use. Besides, it's a material default. Besides not making your payment, you you have a material default here. You failed to you know Disclose. tell us that you sold the property. The argument there. I, mean, I don't want to take up too much time. We have a guest, oh, no, no. but the, the other argument is, um, and you know this more probably better than any of us here. What did you intend to do when you bought the property? If you've lied and said that you were going to use this as your primary uh, residence, and then you turn around and just you know rent it out, what was the intent at the time that you made that loan? Right. Right. So that could be an issue. But there's. There are a lot of considerations when you do a land contract. I actually, in the past year, I've seen more and more controversy regarding land contracts um, than I have in probably the past 15 years. And that's because a lot of the buyers who purchased their, their properties under land contract were using seller financing when the market was down. All of a sudden, because the market's so great, the sellers want to get these people out. Right. And they're trying every which way to you know, call the buyer in default. So that's where we become busier, you know, people defending. The example you're referring to is, you know, investor A bought the property for ten thousand dollars, sold mm -hmm. it for thirty thousand mm -hmm. dollars on a land contract and now it's worth fifty and he's looking for every which way to make the buyer default. I'm sure and, right. I'm Hill. I mean, I just uh my last order of business yesterday, we just settled a transaction, me and another attorney, where I, I think I told you this, Dylan, I just had a client who bought a property at an obscenely low uh, purchase price, and they went to go refinance with a credit union just this as yours. More like no, we won't talk about that. Anyways, no, that one's done. I closed that Friday, too. But, and this one, they bought it for an insanely low price. They went to go refinance it, and the seller says, you know what? I'm not going to give you a payoff or anything less than X amount because what he did by accident, I think I shared this last mm -hmm. week on the show, by accident, he had put the wrong purchase price on the land contract because he was anticipating making so much money over the life of the loan. So his payoff was substantially higher. It was the value of what the land contract would be in 30 years and was trying to keep my buyer from paying him off, which is illegal in Michigan. And we just settled it yesterday. Wow. So there's so many. It's a contract. It you know the most important asset you have, uh, besides your family, which really is an asset. But the most important thing that you have in your life is your family and your health, right? And then after that, it's probably for most people their house, right? So why would you screw around with it? Go get a professional, whether it's an attorney. Go get title insurance when you convey. Go to a you know a real estate coach like Dylan. Go to a credit union like yours. Go to a great loan officer like Emil, and get the information directly from the people who know best. That's just and I'm, most importantly, get homeowners today. insurance too. Right <laughs> after after that story, right? I mean, you know, on a percentage basis per mm. dollar, I think that's probably the cheapest. Oh, insurance it's crazy! You can oh, buy. Percentage, that's insurance. It's the cheapest insurance you can right, buy. Insure right. a half million dollar asset for.
for fifteen hundred bucks a year. Oh yeah, you're right. crazy not to. Well, right it. now, look what's going on. Insurance companies are getting hit because of the hurricanes. Yeah. So that's going to affect prices. That will right. affect our prices. So, all right. So what are we doing? Are we uh, yeah. Are we I think we're going to go to break. When we okay. come back, um, I just want to touch on one quick thing with Erica with her company, the way that they do their closings, and then uh, let her take us out with all of her information. Also, Great. sounds good. To get a hold of her. So this new radio media, Real Estate Realities, will be back in a flash. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, Podquesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sleeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, Podquesters. See you there. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on NewRadioMedia.com. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream what you want to live. All right, folks, we're back. Real Estate Reality's new radio media. We're in our final segment. It always goes too quick. Um, and, and before we get uh, too close to the end here, one thing we wanted to talk about with, with Erica and her company that's important to investors and really, I guess, to anybody, but I think more specifically to investors because I am an investor, um, you guys do all these kind of mobile closings and sometimes the buyer and seller are in different locations, even in the, in, within the same city or out of state. So can you just kind of expand a little bit on that? Sure. We do whatever is convenient. We're in any time, anywhere. Um, so we have some real estate age, or real estate investors that like to close at a Panera or a Starbucks. Um, we have some that like to pre-sign. We have some that close at the property or because at the buyer the and seller business. don't necessarily have to be in the same place absolutely. at the same time. Yeah, and a lot of folks don't understand not. that. No, absolutely not. So I mean, if we have to split it into two, that's exactly what what we can do. 
and um, a lot of out of state. Um, we even have some out of country, and, sure. and we can make arrangements for that as well. And is there is there an extra charge? Is it a lot more money to do that kind of stuff? Well, if there's two closings, our closers charge us for two closings, so there is an additional. What thing. if we buy the closer at Panera? <laughs> um, it's possible. <laughs> so, um, but again, before we get too far along, uh, why don't you give out all of your company's information, your contact information, so our listening audience knows how to get a hold of you? Oh, sure. My name is Erica Weichel. I own Michigan Investment Title. You can find me at www.mititle.com. Phone number 586-281-3268. Sound like a real pro. Wow. Thanks. You've been practicing. Yeah, better than us. Yeah. <laughs> 15-second elevator pitch. Yeah, right. Yeah. Very good. Nice. So when you, anytime, anywhere closings, where's your strangest closing you've ever done or uh, had to do? Personally was at a liquor store <laughs> okay, on nice. top of a gumball machine in downtown. There you go. There you go. Um, parking garage, uh-huh. and, you know, for Tiger Stadium. You know, we, we really do. I've um, done a few at Beaumont for new parents. Really? Yeah. Yeah, right in the gaze- uh, atrium. We had a commercial airline pilot. Um, he was signing a loan, and he could not sign until 12.01 a.m. because they're not allowed to pre-sign. Mm-hmm. And we had our closer there at 12.01 a.m. so wow. he could make his 4 a.m. flight. Wow. I got the dirtiest look from a nurse one time. Mm-hmm. A young couple that I was financing, she went into labor. <laughs> but here's the deal. It had to close that day because the redemption period was expiring oh, on the seller. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I get there, and the, lady, the nurse oh, looks wow. at me like, have you no crazy? Right. I mean, right. I just, you know, what like, are you doing? You're almost as bad as an ambulance like, chaser. You're a predator. <laughs> you're a predator. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're like, I'm not an attorney. Yeah. I'm just a mortgage guy. Yeah. Which you is worse. Just get a signature. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Oakland County would have uh, given us an exemption for that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good story. It's a, it's a last Did they name the kid after the you? I don't know. No, they didn't. So, so David, uh, shout out to Nancy, the heartbeat yeah. of the show. Yeah. Um, what does Proven Resource have going on right now? Uh, let's see. We've been swamped. Uh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's We've great. been very busy. And Nancy is working on her Game on Cancer program, which is a, a really great program. So we, we're one of the partners in Game on Cancer. Um, she just about a month ago brought in um, a new team member, we'll call it. But Game on Cancer, just so you know, I, 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 you know, we have the last segment here. Sure. It's just a uh, financial and legal resources for people who are undergoing cancer treatments. It's all the ancillary type of support non-medical can, support non-medical uh, that people can get uh you know if they're having a problem with a house or getting groceries or just getting to treatment um you know we provide the the we raise the money uh, with the lions and with henry ford hospital which is the um, underwriter of this program and they they help uh, patients get the treatment that they need oh that sounds it's pretty wonderful. cool yeah, very cool amazing work yeah thanks i mean well we're just part of it, you know. But Nancy's Nancy is a survivor and also very involved in the program, and so we're always looking. By the way, if anybody's uh, listening, uh, watching, uh, we're always looking for other team members. And uh, so get in touch with Nancy. You can go to Proven Resource, ProvenResource.com, or SobelOnMobile.com. You can use either one. And uh, so yeah, she's she's doing great though, Dylan. Thanks for asking. And uh, what do you have going on this week? Not much. Uh, we've got an event coming up, of course, Rea of Macomb, www.reiaofmacomb.com this month. I think it's on the 29th. It's the last Thursday, and um, there'll be something exciting happening with real estate investors. But mm. that's a few weeks away. So 
It's always pretty exciting there. You had a yeah. great turnout. Yeah, the we had last a great one. turnout. Yeah. Was it 80 people or something like that? Something. Something that big. Something like something like that. I think so. <laughs> but, good. How about you? I, um, well, uh, we have the President's Club uh, award ceremony and uh, two-day getaway brainstorming trip this week at the homestead up uh, in yeah. Glen Arbor. Uh-huh. So um, there's about 12 of us. That's where Lake Michigan is originally Michigan. from. No, Glen Lake Arbor. Michigan was Lake Michigan's uh, originally from Grand Rapids. Okay. Actually, in 1933, we were founded as Grand Rapids Teachers Credit Union, mm-hmm. and um, in the basement of a house. <laughs> and now, um, you know, obviously, our members of uh, our members membership has expanded beyond teachers. You know, so we through the acquisition of other smaller credit unions, we. Went through a name change mm-hmm. a couple of decades ago, and now we're Lake Michigan Credit Union. So you're getting a President Cl- uh, Club Award. I made President's Club. Oh, congratulations! Me? David knew me. David knew me when I was uh, pretty much fresh off the boat from Russia. Right. David serving uh, coffee. Serving coffee. David met me when probably I was 11 years old. Right. He's <laughs> amazing. And, but uh, he sold a lot of coffee. I sold a he's lot. He's a great of salesman. But he's also, I will tell you, it's not just, it's not about sales. You're a really good advisor, and you listen to people. I mean, I, we do business together. Obviously, and sure. anybody who's watching and listening should know that we all do business together. And it's because of good relationships and, and knowing that you are a proven resource when it comes wow. to lending. And the real so, deal. The real deal, the real deal, Emil. But listen, why don't um, I mean, we're, I hear the music. I, I don't know. You want to take us out, Emil, because you're just so wonderful. President's Club candidate <laughs> there. Well, thank you for listening today to Real Estate Realities on New Radio Media mm-hmm. with our guest, Erica Weichel, David Sobel, Dylan Tanaka, and myself, Emil Israel. Have an excellent weekend, and we'll see you next week.